Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Well, again, good morning, Paul. Filling in for Carmen on mornings with Carmen for this Tuesday on Faith Radio. If you missed the first hour, I hope you go back and listen. Uh, Again, what's the the phrase that Fred Rogers would say to kids who are kind of scared? When you're in a scary situation, look to the helpers. And we heard such a great story from Chris Manson from Ambulances for Asia. Uh, I, I tell you, if you're if you haven't found out about them, go to, you can find them on Twitter. Just look for ambulances you and it's an amazing story about what started because Chris's daughter a year ago said, "Can't you do anything to help?" and that propelled him to cuz he works in the medical industry to think about can we get ambulances over? And now over well, what is it? Over 28 ambulances have been delivered and and a fire truck and more on the way. So, yeah, learn more at uh, tw- on Twitter. Just follow Ambulances You. Kind of keeping you up to date in some of the news. We mentioned this yesterday out in Los Angeles with the death over the weekend, the shooting death of Bishop David O'Connell. Well, a man has been arrested in connection with that murder. It actually was the husband, uh, Carlos Medina, the husband of Bishop O'Connell's housekeeper, has been arrested in that. Meanwhile, moving to the east, several people living in East East Palestine. Yesterday I said East Palestine. I mean, it's the same spelling. It's the same spelling, but it's East Palestine, Ohio. They're suing Norfolk Southern after the toxic derailment of not a couple of weeks ago here now. A Cincinnati-based law firm is hoping more people in the area will join that class action lawsuit. Now, what is so great, whether it be situations like we're talking with Chris as he was working, you know, Chris Manson, as he's working with Christians throughout the United States and also in Europe to get those ambulances over, or even in our own communities. I love it when the church rises up and meets the need. Case in point, again, going back to East Palestine, the First Church of Christ, they've been doing a lot already to provide food and shelter for people trying to get away from the toxic plume that was part of that train derailment. Now they're they're serving as a host site for a health assessment clinic being put on by the Ohio Department of Health. Uh, again, it's great to see when God's people meet the need as a way of sharing the love of Christ. Well, today is, among other things, Fat Tuesday or Shrove Tuesday or Pancake Tuesday. It's the day before Ash Wednesday. Now, if you're wondering where Fat Tuesday came from, it has to do with, okay, you're getting ready to fast, so you're getting rid of all the fatty stuff, all the meat in your home, using it up before Lent starts. Same thing with the Pancake Tuesday. You're using up a lot of the nice flour and like that and, you know, getting it used up as you get ready to fast. Well, again, tomorrow, Ash Wednesday, the start of Lent in many Western Christian uh, traditions, well, at least some, because there's a lot of church traditions in America that don't practice Lent. Um, Eastern Orthodox, they actually start on Monday. That's when their great Lent starts. Up next, Angie Smith, producer of Susie Larson Live. She's actually in the studio right across from me now. Along with being Susie's right-hand woman, she helps lead our Reading the Bible Together initiatives, and we'll talk about our Lenten series in about one minute. 
This is Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. So if I stand, let me stand on the promise that you will pull me through. Yeah, a lot of people have said already that's one of their favorite Rich Mullen songs, If I Stand. I'm Paul, filling in for Carmen. This is Mornings with Carmen. Angie Smith, again, the uh, host of the podcast for Reading the Bible Together, as well as uh, Susie Larson's right-hand woman. <laughs> okay, do you have a favorite Rich Mullen song? Uh, that's like picking one of my favorite children, Paul. <laughs> I love Rich's music. I don't know that I could pick a favorite because I think That's I would hard. like. I agree. You know, if I stand, oh yeah, I love the song, and you play another one. Oh, I love that one too. Just his work was so his songwriting was so honest and raw. Yeah, it was. And then a few years ago, they made a movie about his yes, life. Yes, they did. That's right. Yeah, it was. I really power. Well, really, one really bad wig. I remember on the actor that played him, but <laughs> um, but also like telling more of his story, and I didn't realize. The, str- the substance struggles that he had and the, just the way that he struggled in life, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't aware of that, and which made so much sense of why his music is so powerful, so yeah. vulnerable, really gets to the heart of the matter. Yeah. Uh, so I'll good. be talking with uh, James uh, James Bryant Smith here in, well, in about a half hour mm-hmm. about his book, which is a, you know, the arrows pointing to, he- an arrow pointing to heaven, Rich Mullins, an arrow pointing to heaven. It's something actually released 25 years ago, and it's being re-released because it's been 25 years. Wow. Wow. It's hard to believe. I I so, so miss him. Well, we didn't bring you on to talk about Rich Mullins. Although we could. (laughs) We could. (laughs) And we did. (laughs) And we did. But let's talk about the Lenten series we're doing, Reading the Bible Together. First off, though, uh, have you been a longtime practitioner or one who has observed Lent? I grew up in a Lutheran church, and so Lent was something that we observed as a church and what Lent meant to me was Wednesday night services, and it meant that like we've got our soup and sandwich dinner after the Lenten service, <laughs> and then this was a really cool thing. Members of the church would do like a a one man show mm-hmm. and tell the story of someone in in Jesus's story of the New Testament and do like a monologue up in front of the church, and that was our Wednesday night service. So really mm. kind of looking at what was happening to Jesus in, in Jerusalem and leading up to the time of his crucifixion from those the perspective of those around him. So that was what I grew mm. up. Although, But I do have to say, I didn't come to know Christ personally until I was older. Mm-hmm. And so this was me gaining a lot of knowledge about God. But yeah, it was it was a practice that was, that, you know, that we, it was a, it was something that we practiced for me at the time, it didn't have the meaning that it has to me now. Mm. Okay, we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. What is the meaning of Lent to you right now as a practice? Right now, it means leaning, well, and it's very counter to my personality, which doesn't like pain or conflict. Um, and Lent is a lot about leaning into the pain of and the suffering of Jesus. And, you know, last year we talked, we did Holy Week, and we talked about, you know, we, sometimes you want to jump from Palm Sunday mm-hmm. to Easter Sunday without lingering right? or, med- you know, meditating on Good Friday and, and Jesus' sacrifice. And this is that extended. Right. And and partaking it, you know, the way that the study is set up is, it was actually influenced by, a, I had to do an elimination diet to figure out what foods I'm allergic to. And so there was... I added something every week that I, well, I took out something actually every uh-huh. week. And so we thought, well, let's build this study like that. So we start with fasting and you, you start fasting. That's the first discipline that you practice. And then it goes into the next one of prayer. 
And so, you know, building these different practices, building these different ways to sacrifice, to lean in a little bit more on the sacrifice that Jesus made and to, you know, when we, for example, when I did the the food elimination, I wasn't meaning to fast, but just purely by... It came about, you can stop it. (laughs) My humanity came to the surface. Yeah. And so, you know, as as we deny ourselves, things about us come up. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more time that we can spend with the Lord during that that time of Lent. And so that's what Lent means to me now. And it's something that even though it feels very contrary to my personality, it's I I want to lean into it because I know what I'm gonna gain from it, which is gonna be more intimacy with God. Yeah. Going back to what you're talking about where okay. Holy Week, we have a tendency to jump from Palm Sunday all the way to Easter mm-hmm. and forget everything intermediate. I, I, I get that sense. Not that, okay, I grew up Roman Catholic, and so I remember the liturgical calendar. And not that every aspect is great, but the idea, for example, we also did the Advent series. Mm-hmm. And we like to get to Christmas, but there's a season ahead of that helping us understand the expectation of why Messiah came and mm-hmm. what that means for us personally as well as for the church. And we're doing something very similar here with with Lent. There's that expectancy. Why did Jesus come? I, I keep going back, you know, with Ash Wednesday. It goes back to what Jesus or what God said to, uh, to Adam, from ashes you came to mm-hmm. ashes you shall return. It takes mm-hmm. us all the way back to the fall, all the way back to where things went wrong. And yet the promise at that time, a seed of the woman is going to come and save. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk a little more about this Lenten study, and you already hinted at parts of it already, but I want to get into the nuts and bolts of it. Now, if you have not signed up for it yet, I hope you do. Go to our website, myfaithradio.com. There's a study guide. Once you sign up, you can download the study guide. It's free. Uh, Yes, it's free. It's free. It's kind of cool that it's also going to be on... um, The version. The Bible app. I know. We're so excited. (laughs) So cool. But again, you can sign up, get the free study guide at myfaithradio.com, and then as the podcasts come out, you'll, uh, you'll get those links emailed to you every day, right? I believe so. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> responsible for the email. I think those are in there. You can also, the podcast is the same name, Reading the Bible Together. Yeah. So you can just, if you just subscribe to the podcast, then they just download right there wherever you listen to podcasts. That makes it easy. Mm-hmm. That makes it easy. Yeah. Well, when we come back, we'll talk about the study. And again, Angie Smith, my guest here on Faith Radio. How are you preparing for the reality of Jesus's last days, his passion, Holy Week, the Last Supper, the Garden of Gethsemane, Judas's betrayal, Peter's denials? Jesus being stripped and humiliated by soldiers and falsely accused by the Jews and subjected to mock trials and ultimately crucified. How are you planning to give those events in Jesus's life the attention they deserve? That's what the season of Lent is all about. The 40 days prior to Easter are set aside to prepare ourselves to face the reality of the cross and, yes, ultimately to celebrate the reality of the empty tomb. I invite you to join us in reading through the Bible together during Lent. The study will provide a way for you to intentionally engage each day with the Word of God. You can sign up today at MyFaithRadio.com as we read through the Bible together this Lent. Oh, do we have to continue talking? That is one. <laughs> you know, that's a song... 
That's a song by Rich Mullins. You don't just you don't just sing; you pray it. Right. It is just so amazing. Hold me, Jesus. Well, again, talking in a little while here with with James Bryan Smith about Rich Mullins and his music. If you have a favorite Rich Mullins song, would love to hear what it is. Text it to us eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. That came up sometimes by step, which I prefer, Angie, over to um, uh, step by step because mm-hmm. step by step he he had this chorus. Right. Well, sometimes by step takes that chorus, but puts it into a context uh, that is just so amazing to me. So yeah, that line about "I'd rather fight you for something I don't, don't really, really want than take, take what, what you, you give, give that I need." Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> oh, I feel that so deeply. <laughs> uh, yes, you went through that with that fast you went through. <laughs> yes. So I, I get it. I get it. So well, getting back to what we're talking about, Angie, Angie Smith, producer for uh, Susie Larson Live, as well as the host of the Reading the Bible Together podcast, and you've been well instrumental in getting this off the ground from the beginning and doing these Reading the Bible Together campaigns. Now, talk about the series you already hinted at we're doing it almost topically week by week mm-hmm. you you can say about the different disciplines now you already mentioned fasting yeah that's where we're starting that's where you start which to me that's something i practice a lot and you know especially during some times of immense trial it's like god i need to hear from you i as much as i hunger for food i'm saying staying away for i i need an answer mm-hmm. i need you to move so it's it's kind of that impetus to seek God and, you know, have that purpose and plea in, in, as I'd like to phrase it, in your fasting. But that's not the only one. So let's go through them. But we started with fasting because I think those, those of us that have have experience with Lent, Mm -hmm. that's what's most familiar. That's the discipline that's most familiar is fasting. And so that's why we started there since we thought that would be the most familiar one. But then, you know, what goes along with fasting prayer right. and repentance. And so that's why those are the first three. And then we'll look at compassion and relationship, what Jesus says about ex, you know, having compassion on people and building relationships with them, radical hospitality, wisdom. That one I'm still sitting on, the spiritual practice of wisdom, and maybe it's because I don't have it. But um, <laughs> but I, I just think that's interesting as a spiritual yeah. practice. So I'm really excited about that week. And then obedience to God as we go into that, you know, they're coming, you're, we're dealing with these on Wednesdays, starting on Wednesdays. Yeah. And so that obedience to God is the Wednesday before Monday, Thursday, before we go into the weekend of, of Easter and, and Christ's suffering and looking at the obedience that Jesus exemplified. Oh, yeah. I mean, unto his death. Because mm-hmm. of the hope set before him, right. he endured the cross. Do we have that hope in our obedience? Because oftentimes we focus mm-hmm. on, but I really want to do this. Yeah. Because we're putting our hope in that this, mm-hmm. that really God is saying, that's not that's not my way. That's not the way to life. And he's wanting you to follow the way of life. Yeah, and the way of hope. Well, and that's that's why I love and have been so passionate about these reading the Bible together studies is because I don't have the statistics in front of me, but the statistic that says, that talks about people, a lot of people believe that the Bible is the word of God but not as many people are actually in the Word of God, reading the Word of mm-hmm. God. And so to create an opportunity to, you know, you don't have to do it yourself. No. There are going to be hundreds of other people doing this with us. Do it with us, and then you're not alone in it, and you're getting the emails. And, I mean, that's where transformation happens. Mm-hmm. That's where we gain the ability to be able to be obedient is by, you know, reading God's Word. In the last hour, you had the gentleman that had the ambulances and yeah. fire trucks in Ukraine. I mean, I can't imagine doing that kind of work without spending time in the hope and the word of God exactly. to encourage me to stay in that battle, to stay in that work and that obedience that God is calling him to. 
Exactly. Now, along with the reading plan and all that, which is important, you're the one putting together the podcast. Now, let's talk about those podcasts. Now, you're saying you start on Wednesdays and you have a that one's the big podcast of the week. Yep, that one will be one about 25 minutes. Okay. And then in between, in the study guide, we have, we deal with the topic of the week. So fasting, for example. And then we have verses, daily verses for people to spend time with, to meditate on, to contemplate. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's early for me, Paul. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, and so what, we're, what we've done is we've taken these verses and applied Lectio Divina to them. And so Lectio Divina is yeah. a way— Back up, because it's not an Italian dish of some sort. Um, <laughs> what is Lectio Divina? It's, it's Latin, obviously. Right. It means divine reading. Mm-hmm. And so it's a contemplative way to interact with Scripture. And uh, there are four different movements when we do Lectio Divina. So the first one is reading, just reading the verse. The next one is meditation, meditating on what the verse is saying, praying the verse, and then contemplating the verse. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so instead of just, oh, I read my verse, check, I get to do that. It's entering into the verse. It's moving slowly. It's pursuing God. You know, what is asking God, what are you trying to say to me through this verse? So it's very purposefully spending time in it. And then we've got Aaron our Toast, our, our um, student worker, who's mm-hmm. producing them and just has beautiful music beds under them. And mm-hmm. they're a wonderful way to experience and to contemplate and to spend time in the scripture. Have you been doing Lectio Divina for a long time yourself, or did you start doing that as you've been putting these together? I started doing it a few years ago. So at the University of Northwestern St. Paul across the street, uh, one of the professors, uh, Judith, Judith Haugen, I went to one of her writing retreats mm-hmm. and she... Um, brought us through Lectio because it's a, you know, she, it's just like breath to her. Um, And that's where I first encountered it. And because I'm a doer person. (laughs) That's the thing, yes. Yeah, I really appreciate the the deep breath and the taking in and contemplation of it instead, because I can also be really task-oriented where I want to check the box. And spending time with God is not about checking a box. Exactly. It's about being with him and just mm-hmm. spending time with him and not even necessarily looking for an outcome, but just being with him and letting that be the outcome, building that intimacy with him. Okay. We're talking with Angie Smith. Again, she's the host of the Reading the Bible Together podcast. One more question, and mm-hmm. this might go a little wide ranging, but as the one who helped put a lot of this, these things together, including this, and you've helped put the podcast, or you've been putting the podcast together along with, with uh, Aaron, what have you learned? Oh, Paul, my goodness. And can you say that in two minutes or less? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, uh, the, the, probably the biggest thing I've learned in the very beginning, the very first study we did was Daniel, and that was with Anna Rask uh, from the University of Northwestern St. Paul. And, the, uh, and then our acts was with another professor from University of Northwestern and other studies that we've written the study guide. But the, the amount of the, the, I guess the way that the depth of understanding that comes when you understand the socioeconomic context of the scripture. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy for me to put on my American lens when mm-hmm. I go to the Bible and to step back and to really look at what was going on at the time. You know, what, what did this, how was this landing on the hearers there at the time mm-hmm. and really nerding out hard? 
I mean, hard <laughs> on the on researching the studies and you know doing word studies of things that you know are, are are coming up, listening to them, listening to the scripture over and over and over to see what what's popping out to me, what questions do I have, and letting that inform the study guide and um, yeah, and really just how amazing. God is and how faithful he is. Because the one thing about all of these, all of these studies we've done is there are stories of his faithfulness. There are stories of him doing his thing with broken people of which I am one. And is that's encouraging to me that, that he can use me and a privilege to get to be a part of what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks Angie. Mm -hmm. Again, the reading the Bible together Lenten series starts tomorrow you can sign up for it right now at MyFaithRadio.com. Well, you can download the free study, and then, of course, and you'll get to hear Angie through all the podcasts as well, and and also your guests, because mm-hmm. you, like, who's going to be the guest tomorrow? Than Bennett. Than Bennett. Mm-hmm. I know you've talked to him a lot, so mm-hmm. that, that should be good. Well, again, sign up at MyFaithRadio.com. Let's get to Breakpoint. Thanks again for listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Paul filling in this week here on Faith Radio. Talk about your faith. Well, my dad, he could make things grow out of Indiana Ah, uh, Rich Mullins' first family, a song he wrote in tribute to his parents. I think it was 40th anniversary. We'll get that straightened out a bit because we're going to be talking with, with James Bryant Smith here in a few minutes on Faith Radio about his book, Rich Mullins, an arrow pointing to heaven. I, I, enjoyed as a working in Christian music radio for many years, playing his music, not just because, hey, they were great radio hits, but they really ministered to me and to so many others. Um, I've been asking you this morning, what are some of your favorite Rich Mullen songs? Text me 877-933-2484. And Awesome God, okay, I got it got to quickly tell the story about Awesome God, because there's a guy who said, I don't like that song, and they kept misquoting it, because he he said, you know, I don't like the line, when he rolls up his sleeves, he's really putting on the Ritz. No, 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 you misheard. He ain't just putting on the Ritz. That totally changes the meaning, but anyway, great great songs through him, and also an interesting person that we're going to talk about. The book, by the way, is a devotional uh, biography. It really is. There's a lot to glean from it in the life of Rich Mullins. And we'll talk about that with James Bryan Smith here in three minutes. Thanks again for listening. I'm Paul filling in for Carmen here on Faith Radio. I remember working at a Christian radio station, music radio station mainly, in Wisconsin back in 1997. We brought Rich Mullins in for a concert in April, and I remember that summer, late summer, we started playing this song, Elijah, on the radio. Listen to that chorus again. But when I leave, I want to go out like Elijah, with a whirlwind to fuel my chariot of fire. And when I look back on the stars, it'll be like the candlelight in Central Park, and it won't break my heart to say goodbye. 
And then September of 97, I remember the Monday after it happened, seeing the notes that Rich Mullins had died in a car crash in near Peoria, Illinois. I'm Paul. This is Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. And, yeah, you remember where you were when certain things happened. People have made a difference in your life. Right now I'm talking with James Bryant-Smith, who was a friend of Rich Mullins and the author of the official biography on Rich Mullins, Rich Mullins and Arrow Pointing to Heaven, not just a biography. It was, it really is a devotional biography. And hey, first off, James, thank you for joining us here on Faith Radio. And you need to unmute yourself. <laughs> James? Uh-oh. Need to un- yeah, you need to unmute yourself, James, on, there we are. I am so sorry. <laughs> It happens, it happens. It happens. The joy yes. of Zoom. Yes. You, you're trying to protect yourself, and you know, in case there's any background noise, but yeah, now... Okay. I... Yeah, my dogs, you know. You oh. know. Hey, if the dogs yeah. talk, that's okay. We're dog-friendly here on, oh, good, on good. Faith Radio, so... <laughs> Got to ask you, where were you yeah. when you heard the news of Rich's passing? Well, uh, well strangely, I was actually perf- uh, about to do a wedding in Dallas, um, and... I was literally tying my tie when the phone rang back in the day when you you had a phone in a hotel room, mm-hmm. and um, and I that's when I heard the news and it was <clears throat> it just floored me and I didn't I didn't believe it was real I you know and then I called some other folks uh, that were close that uh, that knew that it was real and so it was just a very surreal day because I had to go perform a wedding and be happy you know for this couple <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was a strange, uh, just gut-wrenching experience. Hmm, I can imagine. How did you actually meet Rich first? Because you became friends with him. When did you first meet him? Yeah, I'm, I'm a professor at Friends University in Wichita, Kansas. And Rich um, actually decided to finish college. At, and I think he was in his mid-30s, early <laughs> 30s. He never finished his first go-around at Cincinnati Bible College. And he he decided he wanted to be a um teach music to Native American kids on the reservation. And he thought he needed to get a music education degree to do that. He really didn't, but he thought he did, which was great because that meant him, you know, choosing to go back to school. And so he was in Wichita and he started coming to friends. But uh, I'm embarrassed to tell the story, Paul, because when I first saw him, um, he had really long hair. He was wearing pretty shabby jeans, um, a white t-shirt, and um, he just didn't look like he fit on the campus. I just don't know how to say that. And then I thought, is this a homeless guy or something? like what what what's going on? And uh, a student was nearby me, and he was about a hundred yards away. And I was looking at him. And she says, "Do you know who that is?" And I said, "No." She said, "That's Rich Mullins." And I said, "You mean the awesome God, Rich Mullins?" <laughs> and she said, "Yeah, that's him." And I said, "Well, he doesn't look like the album cover." Um, so um, that that day he came to chapel. I was speaking in the chapel that day, and then afterwards, we became friends, and um, he just started coming over and hanging out with my wife and I at our house, and then he ended up moving into our attic apartment, so he lived with us for two and a half years. (laughs) Okay, I want to get to that in a little bit here, but I got to back up, because you're talking about the ragged jeans t-shirt. I mean, if you ever saw him in concert, oftentimes, he would wear that and be barefoot. He he would be out yeah. on the stage barefoot, and he he did that. The uh, last concert that I saw him at um, in Wausau, Wisconsin, in April of '97, and um, I tell you, I mean, he was. 
along with the uh, music that he did, I mean, okay, I got to tell you the story. You'll, you'll love this one. Um, the person who put the concert together, Wanda, a friend of mine, she's she was a concert promoter in the area. And had Rich come in, Rich flew in, but his baggage, including some of his instruments, including his hammered dulcimer, didn't make it. And Wanda's going crazy. It's like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And Rich is kind of, don't worry, God will ride. We're okay. We're okay. Can I get dinner? You know, I haven't haven't eaten for a while. Let's get some lunch. Well, anyway, Wanda made some calls. There was a guy not far from Wausau who made hammered dulcimers. And he said, so she said, can we borrow one of those for a concert tonight? As she's trying to arrange getting all these other instruments so they can do the concert. And yeah, sure. And Rich said, hey, this is actually better than my hammer dulcimer. It was really nice. But it was like, God provided Rich is just chill as can be. While everybody else is kind of, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? So it it was so cool. It was so cool. Anyway. We're talking with James Ryan Smith, again, author of Rich Mullins and Arrow, Pointing to Heaven. And if you're wondering, uh, Paul, do you have books to give away? Yep, we do. We do. So text the word book, just those four letters, B-O-O-K, to 877-933-2484. Get your, get your name in on the drawing. I have like five copies I'll be giving away. Um, so, again, text the word book to 877-933-2484. Okay, James, getting back to the fact, he lived with you for a while while he was going to uh, college there in Wichita. What was it like having Rich at your house? It was it was well, it was wonderful because he was great to talk to and and he loved to talk and we would stay up late at night talking about theology and the church and the Bible and just had these incredible conversations. So that was fantastic. But I mean, it was strange because he also was was touring and doing shows. He was traveling around the world. He was shooting music videos. So it wasn't a normal life. So the guy that lived in our attic apartment was was there and then he wasn't there and then he was there and just back. And I mean, I asked him at one point, I said, look, you have enough money to live in. You could buy one of the nicest houses in the town. You know, why do you want to live with a husband and wife and their one-year-old son and he said because it's real life and it's family and it's 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 the kind of life i want and that told me a lot about who he was he he wasn't interested in a fancy house and car and um fame and all that he just liked authentic relationships he did tell you what i want to break a little early here because i want to talk about him and his family because that's an interesting story that you bring out in the in the first chapter of the book that again we're giving away we have a few copies to give away rich mullins an arrow pointing to heaven it's the 25th anniversary edition it was 25 years ago this past september rich mullins passed away in that tragic car accident near peoria but what an amazing legacy he left for us 877-933-2484 text the word book to that to get your name in on the drawing thanks again for listening to faith radio Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio, tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, 
Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. I believe in God the Father, Almighty Maker of Heaven. Definitely one of my favorite Rich Mullen songs. Is it my favorite? I'll let you know what my favorite one is later on. But I'm Paul filling in for Carmen here on Faith Radio, and we're talking with James Bryan Smith, author of Rich Mullen's An Arrow Pointing to Heaven, the devotional biography that was written 25 years ago. It's been re-released, and I tell you, Rich made such an impact on so many lives, mine including, and obviously, uh, James, yours as well. As you brought out in the book, family, and you just said a little while ago, family was so important to him. Explain why. Well, he grew up in a, <clears throat> a pretty big family. Um, he had um, two sisters, two brothers, so there were five of them. And, you know, it was just, just a, he, he grew up in Richmond, Indiana. Um, they were, his dad was a farmer. And so that that rural family community life was was central to who he was. So he grew up with that, and it was always extremely important, but... Like pretty much all families, there was dysfunction and some some strain, um, certainly between he and his dad. His dad was a farmer, and and they live in Indiana, so you, you either either do good at the farm or basketball. And exactly. Who wasn't who wasn't he was terrible at both, and his dad just didn't get him, and um, they, there was a huge disconnect for him, and that caused a great deal of pain. Mm-hmm. And yet, I I love how. He tried to understand his dad better. Now, his dad didn't grow up in Indiana, did he? No, Kentucky, yeah. So Appalachia and all that? Yeah, right. A lot, yeah. a lot of people wonder, you know, why why uh, Rich Mullins chose the instruments he did, including his famous hammer dulcimer, and that's where this comes from, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he grew up with that and different styles of music, and his family was, yeah, they were they're fascinating and I, I love them. I still, you know, I got to know all of them and, and in contact with all of them, still the ones that are still living and um, just a beautiful family. They are lovely people. But getting back to the hammer dulcimer, according to your book, he, the reason he took up the hammer dulcimer, he never played it before was to understand his dad better. Yeah. Yeah. To know that. And, and, and isn't interesting that it becomes this sort of signature sound of his and he was so amazing. I mean, I would sometimes go up and uh, to the attic apartment where he was living, and and he would play. And I just watch. Have you watched somebody play it? I guess you have, Paul. Yeah, because I, mean, I, I saw him do it in concert. <laughs> oh right, yeah, you may have said that. I mean, that's what's it's fast because it's you're moving so fast and striking those uh, strings at a, at the pace, and uh, there's like I don't know how many strings, a hundred, and he's just banging away, and he was just so good at. It. Now he wasn't very good at the cello because he had to learn the cello. <laughs> he was getting his music ed degree. And that kind of sounded like a dying cow upstairs. But, uh, <laughs> boy, could he play the he could he play the dulcimer? Mm, it must have been great, just to, you know, when he was upstairs doing that and just being down in the living room and just listening to the, at least some of the instruments what he that he could do well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the cello, but yeah, no. He, <clears throat> yeah, it was fascinating to just to to hang out with him. He was a blast. He was a lot of fun. Ever okay? Getting back to him living with you. I mean, ever have one of those? You said you had a lot of great conversations with you. Um, was there one that just kind of stood out for you? Well, I, I I think probably yeah. The one that stood out was he he hadn't been 
with us very long. And he said, look, I really want to be good friends. And I said, me too. You know, he said, so I, I you need to know like the, the stuff in my life. And I said, okay. And he proceeded to really, um, I mean, he, he shared the dark stuff of his past mm-hmm. and the, the wounds and the hurts and traumas and things like that. So it was, it was really hard to hear. Um, and he got done and I said, well, I, I guess I should do the same. Is it my turn to like do that? And he goes, nah, yours will be boring compared to mine. So <laughs> I just, I just needed a, you to know, like, this is me. Cause you know, at that point in his life, a lot of people wanted to be friends with him because he was famous. And he's like, I, I want somebody who just loves me and knows all my junk. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that conversation was, I mean, I'll never forget that. And yet out of that came so much of his music his struggle between the stuff of earth and yet as he puts in one of the songs his allegiance to, to he owes to the giver of all good things uh, he, yeah. he lived in that tension so much of his life again we're talking with james brian smith author of rich mullins an arrow pointing to heaven we do have copies of the book we're giving away get in on the drawing by texting the word book to 877-933-2484. James, earlier today I was reading our faith radio, Growing Your Faith verse of the day, which is John 13, 34, and 35. So now I give you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Now, Rich came from one branch of Christianity. Actually, his family's kind of mixed because his mom was Quaker, right? Right. And his dad was, um, I'm trying to remember. Church what, of Christ. Church of Christ. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he played in a variety of different churches, Catholic, Lutheran, Baptist. A lot. He, he spoke to so many people from various backgrounds. And he was one of those, okay, let's understand our differences, but let's seek unity. Talk about that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's why that, that song Creed is, is so important to so many of us, because that we are all united by that creed, um, the Apostles' Creed. Uh, yeah, because you're right. Exactly. He he got to be in so many different circles and he saw how often we fight with each other. And, you know, we Baptists can't get along with Methodists and whoever I could name them all. Right. Mm-hmm. And he just saw that as tragic, that that we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's that's our defining way of understanding it. I'm in Christ. You're in Christ. We're together, regardless of the denominational label. He was always trying to learn the different uh, viewpoints, wasn't he? He was. He was. I mean, he he was very interested in understanding the Catholic Church. It was obviously very different than the Quaker Church, you know, that, that his uh, mom and grandma, uh, who he had greatly admired their faith. But he he was interested in the Catholic Church. In fact, he was going through catechism um when when he was living with us and so every wednesday night he'd come home and we'd talk about about it and he would say you know i I agree with some of this i disagree with some of this but you're right he wanted to learn he wanted Mm -hmm. to just expand his understanding of 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 god and his church you brought up the song creed which we just heard a little snippet of and you know it is basically a reworking of the apostles creed and then that uh, quote by chesterton he threw in there um i did not make it for it is making me I was hoping this would be in the book. I didn't see it there. Of course, I haven't thoroughly read the entire book. But he did an article in a Christian radio magazine Oh, when that song came out, around about that time. 
And he had – the thought was, okay, you can be a doctor and you can make this of scripture talking about all the medical things here and there. That You could be a lawyer and you could talk about all the law stuff, da-da-da-da-da. You, you know, he went through all these different perspectives. Those are good, but they're, unimpor- as, uh, they're far less important than what the word is making of you. Mm. And it was it, – I, I thought I had a copy of that article. I can't find it. I, it was so good. It was so good. Uh, in the closing few minutes, though, tell me about what what did you take away from getting to know Rich Mullins as you did? I mean, how did that – in the end, how did it really impact your life? Well, he, the subtitle of the book is An Arrow Pointing to Heaven, and and that's that came from um, – he was doing a, a photo shoot in Ireland, and – he was up on top of a hill and the photographer said, raise your arms. And he raised his arms like you would like, you know, like you're praising the heavens. He goes, no, 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 lower. And he raised them just sort of. And um, Ben, the photographer, yelled out, oh, man, it's awesome. You look, you look like an arrow, like an arrow pointing to heaven. And when I heard that story and saw that picture, I just thought that that was his life. He he was a human being. He was imperfect. He had brokenness. But, man, could that guy point us to heaven? I mean, he. He could, in the middle of a concert or just listening to his music, it just moves you to doxology. He could take you to that place where you you saw God. And so seeing a human with his own failings and so forth, and yet still bring that, that, that was the thing that I'll never forget. He, he, in the midst of his humanness, he could point us right to God. He did. He did for so many people. And he is so missed. Hey, James, thanks again for joining us here on Faith Radio this morning. Thank you for having me, Paul. Okay. James Ryan Smith, again, author of Rich Mullins, An Arrow Pointing to Heaven, the 25th anniversary edition of the devotional biography. If you'd like to get a copy or at least get in the drawing for a copy of this book, text the word BOOK to 877-933-2484. This... Okay, that's... Joy and sorrow are this ocean And in their every ebb and flow Now the Lord the door has opened That all hell could never close Here I'm tested and made worthy Tossed about but lifted up And the reckless raging fury I told you I'd let you know my favorite Rich Mullins song. I love them all, but this one and that line there about the reckless raging fury that is called the love of God is, yeah, been one of my favorites. I'm Paul, filling in for Carmen today and all this week on Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. I asked you also, you know, what your favorite songs were. Somebody put Screen Door in. Okay, yeah, you got to have fun with Screen Door. Didn't see anybody mention his uh, Gotta Get Up in the Morning, his only Christmas song, which was kind of fun. But I tell you, Rich left quite a legacy. And as we're talking about, he also was one of those calling for unity and love between all Christians. And he tried to embody that so much in his life. 
Well, again, thank you for listening to Mornings with Carmen here on Faith Radio. Carmen will be back this coming Monday. I'll continue to be with you. As we mentioned earlier, tomorrow is the start of the Reading the Bible Together Lenten series, the reading plan. Join us in that. Sign up at MyFaithRadio.com. From there, you can download the study as well as uh, listen to the podcast as they come out. I think we'll send out email reminders about that, but it should be a good time to join us in reading the Bible together here at Faith Radio for the Lenten season, again, starting tomorrow. By the way, um, I didn't mention this earlier. Today is, uh, among other things, Shrove Tuesday. You know where that came from? The idea of being shriven, having your sins absolved. People who go to confession back in the olden days on Tuesday. But anyway, have a great day. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, Click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.